gather round people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone Or the times they are changing Welcome everyone to the interview series of My Bloody Podcast. I'm so excited to be here in week 300,427 of the quarantine lockdown. I'm Brian Kluger and I'm joined by the co-host with the most, the man I want to play trumpet with and give fingers to, Mark Chaffardini. How are you doing, buddy? Well, I got three notes on a trumpet and they all say... Thumbs up. I'm enjoying the quarantine. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful. Miss you, buddy. And we have a very special episode today. We have an excellent, an amazing, and a legendary guest, intercontinental champion of film, motion pictures, and television, Stephen McHattie, all the way up in Canada. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you doing? We're doing doing very well. First off, I just want to ask you just... uh, how are you doing? Are you, you and the family okay in all of these times? Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, everything's all right up here. Um, you know, kind of out in the country a bit. So, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Uh, so let, let's start. So, Stephen, where did it all begin for you with acting and roles and movies? Was it something you wanted to do when you grew up? Was it a movie you saw, an actor you saw? Where did it all begin? Um, yeah, I grew up in Nova Scotia. And my mom, when I was in, you know, in school, my mom used to run the Western Union Telegraph Office. And I used to work after school, you know, delivering bills. And a guy came in, writing out, you know, tele- and sending telegrams to get rights from Samuel French in New York for plays. And um, he was starting a theater there. So my mom, you know, set up the box office for him and got me building sets. So, kind of solved a lot of problems of a wayward youth. That that's cool. So you were working with your hands a lot, building these cool sets, carpentry. And was there yeah. a certain certain play that you saw that you're like, okay, I want to be on that stage in in the, in the spotlight? And no, it was kind of a you know one of those somebody dropped out and I went in. You know, I didn't even think about it yeah you know it was i think the first thing i ever did was the mailboy in our town you know, so i got to ride a bike across stage and throw the newspaper yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so after you did that several times in each show did you get to ad lib and like get a big audience reaction each time no. and kind of figure out your craft no no, <laughs> no that, that wasn't the way it went. No, uh, okay. <laughs> no, I just kept doing bigger and bigger roles, you know. And, you know, really, um, 
And did that eventually theater lead to television and film for you? And how did that work? Yeah, out? then I went, I went to school in New York and, uh, you know, to acting school and, um, you know, started doing theater out of school in New yeah. York. Okay. And so I read somewhere that your nickname was Sniff. Is that true? And how cool of a name is that? And how did you get that? I have no idea where that, never heard it before. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. And um, also, uh, one I of used your... to have a weird girl who followed me around for years. And, uh, you know, she called up all my relatives, um, you know, chatted them up, got information from them, wrote a whole bunch of crap, said she was married to me, you know. That kind of stuff. I think that's, I think she came up with that. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Well, that's scary and kind of, I guess, exciting all at the same time, maybe. <laughs> is, is this a theater fan? I miss the exciting part. It all came, <laughs> you know, it's weird how things. I was doing a show in Colorado uh, based on a Michener book called Centennial and I kind of had a serious disagreement with the guy an actor and it turned out to be her stepfather and so she kind of took that and I don't know what happened but she got on me like a leech <laughs> wow well, how, how did you break free? What was your escape plan? I had to hire a lawyer to get her away. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. So you, you, <laughs> you, you've been in it. <laughs> um, and I also want to ask about, so when you're going through school uh, and learning the craft and everything from theater, television, and movies, uh, was your mentor uh, the great Eli Wallach? And how did you form that bond and what was some of the best advice he gave you or you gave him? Eli Wallach? Yes. Speak to me. I don't know what, what it was. He, he was a real snotty kind of guy. <clears throat> no. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a teacher at school called Harry Master George, who was, a, you know, he, he, he and I hit it off great. So it was, you know, if anybody, it was him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right on, right on. He got with uh, Cassavetes and uh, Redford and all those guys. Yeah, he was a good guy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, what, what, what about your process and what about the type of films that you, you choose? You know, you, you're really <laughs> in some amazing movies. Pontypool is probably going to be my favorite. Yeah. What about the selection of your, your roles? What makes you dig into a script? What makes, what makes you excited to jump on board? Um, mostly terror of having to get in front of a camera. Um, yeah, you got to be prepared, you know, to get yourself calmed down. Um, um, you know, it's mostly just thinking about it. 
how do, how do you, how do you, uh, if you say you're afraid at some point to get in front of the camera, is there a, a, like a rule that you live by to like get over that fear or you just do it or you just fully develop yourself into the character? How does that work? Yeah, I'm kind of a boy scout, be prepared. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's amazing because, you know, I, I watched some interviews with uh, Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle who seem like fearless comedians and you look like a fearless character actor and and a strong man on screen and so it's it's interesting that you have to have this you know you, you're still afraid to get out there and do it but you you nail it every time what what, what what's your motivation what do you uh you know do you have pep talks with the director mm -hmm. people no nope uh, just well You know, I have a respect for how powerful movies can be. Um, I don't look at them as just kind of little pieces of fluff. All you know, right. I think power a lot more than people assume, you know, over our lives um and there's always things in movies that um you know can be you know open to interpretation so you have to kind of guard yourself when you're watching movies monitor what you're taking in i think um, well, with with Dreamland, you play two characters, so I wonder yeah. it was that doubly uh, exciting, frightening, and there, talk about interpretation. There's a lot in Dreamland that is not quite literal. You have to sort of yeah you know, put yeah. your own thoughts on it. Uh, no, it was uh, yeah. I was very excited to be uh, you know doing both of them. Um, you know, trying to keep keep it under control and not have it be just. Uh, you know, make them randomly different, but try to make them as similar as possible, but still be different, you know? Yeah. Playing with it like that. Um, rather than, you know, getting out a whole bag of tricks. Well, uh, speaking of a bag of tricks, there's, there's a scene in Dreamland that I, I just have to know how it, how it happened. There's a shot where you sit across from yourself at a cafe table. Yeah. And it's an interesting technological marvel. But not only are you sitting across from yourself, the reflection of each of you are in the mirror behind. Yeah. So who is your stand-in? How do you do that? How does you know, how's that magic happen? Um, yeah. Well, you know, all actors are the same. So I, I did one side of the scene first, you know, and the other actor sat in for the other character. He would watch what I was doing and he was asked to uh, mimic what I, and, but that's hard for an actor. So he always wanted to do it better than the other guy. So he had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was kind of funny. Uh, 
because <laughs> you know, he had to, had to do certain things, you know, exactly gotcha. the way I'd done them. So it was, you know. Well, I, I kind of wondered if, if maybe you listen to your own playback because it is you talking to you. Do you no. ever get in a situation where? No. Um, I was mostly trying to play with the space between us, you know, um, in those scenes, you know, to make it, you know, make it visually interesting, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that was, and uh, yeah, you know, the one guy is um, in his drug world and cocooned and, and doesn't like, won't look at people, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and the other guy is very confrontational. Um, um, yeah. And, and in in the film uh, Dreamland, you know you play uh, one of the roles is that uh, you play a trumpet player, and then you're acting alongside the musician Henry Rollins. Did he get yeah. did you get to talk about music, and did he give you any pointers with anything music wise in the film? No, no, no. We were mostly trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he was great. Uh, but we didn't um, didn't say anything about music. No. Now, are you personally a big fan of jazz or rock or country or what? What, what music? Um... Yeah, I love country. Huh. You know the old stuff. Right, like like Cash and Waylon and yeah, Billy yeah. and oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, the uh, Highwaymen for sure. Merle. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Chet Baker, you know, I'd done another little movie about Chet Baker. So I'd really gotten into Chet Baker, you know, it kind of came from that movie that the photographer did uh, um, about Chet Baker, what right. about Bruce Weber. Yeah, which was kind of a knockout movie. And, uh, you know, I kind of got into his music then. And then when I was doing a little movie, I read up everything I could get on him. And, um, yeah, fascinating guy. Well, you also croon in this movie. So yeah. did you play the trumpet on set? And did, was that, that was you singing at the end, yeah, yeah. the Eurythmics yeah. song? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Luckily, I played trumpet when I was a kid, you know, so I kind of, knew my way around it um and i had done but you know I'd, I'd sung in the past in musicals and that sort of thing so yeah but it was a hard song to sing god we've gotten that in a we're trying to do it quick in uh luxembourg no in in belgium we got in a studio trying to do it on a sunday we had three hours. Man, what a waste of time. <laughs> had you heard the song before you were asked to, to put it together oh, yeah, and sing? I've been working on it for about three months. Okay. But it was hard to do that song. It was surprisingly hard for me, you know. 
Gotcha. Well, one of the credits you have in the film is you're also a producer with, uh, with Bruce McDonald. What kind of roles did you, you know, how did that change the film? What did you get to add to it? And what responsibilities did you have? I had to get the stupid motherfucker, Stephen McHattie on set every day. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, small task. I got production credit. Uh, <clears throat> No, uh, we had worked on the script a bunch. You know, uh, Lisa and Tony and Bruce and I. Um, and, um, you know, I had done little things. You, you had an interesting little monologue about Moleman. <laughs> was that something that you came up with or was that um, the, no, the writers? No, it was Tony. Okay. Yeah, yeah. the Moleman, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of effective, isn't it? Sure is. Yeah. It, and you know, fun. It's it's seeing you and Henry Rollins in the same room. I mean, there's very few actors that you just don't question their legitimacy when they're on screen. And I think that's what helps sell a lot of the fantastical but oddly literal things that are happening in the movie. Um, you know, what was it like on set trying to weed through this, you know, semi nebulous speak and text and you know, it seems like a very difficult dialogue to, to have with certain characters yeah, yeah it is kind of uh, there's a lot of blanks in the dialogue you know it's kind of not direct responses to things you know mm -hmm. um yeah um, what was it like? Well, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of like to do one take and then go on to the next thing. Um, we got caught up a few times, you know, trying to work things out, but, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Henry's a hard a hard worker, you know? He's really, really wants to get somewhere with the scene, you know? Kind of seems to know what he's aiming for, and, you know, um, he likes to do it over and over. Um, it's fine. I like that. I like that. Uh, let's Let's jump into... <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of your other films uh, that we just so love and endear uh, to our hearts, such movies like 300, History of Violence, uh, Watchmen, and even some of the co comedic ones that you do, Beverly Hills Cop 3, and you were yeah. the narrator in the uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone's Basketball. How did that come about? Yeah, I have no idea. No, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, but but I guess yeah. but I guess yeah yeah I didn't know that you know when I did that who those guys were you know so it you know it was just something somebody called me up and wanted me to do you know and I thought eh, this is kind of funny uh, you know. <laughs> 
So the significance of it was lost on me, you know, at the right. time. I, I had no, no clue. But now it lives, you know, it's, it's, it's so famous. And then you got to work with Eddie Murphy and John Landis, the great John Landis on Beverly Hills Cop 3. And that, that must have been a wild ride for you, right? Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, you know, because the first one was really terrific. The second one, I don't think I saw. And third one's the charm. Um, yeah, they kind of were unsure about, you know, which way they wanted to go and kind of pulled back on a lot of things. So it kind of muted it. I think the script they started out with was better, you know, but it kind of wound up where it did. I'm not sure why, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it was um, fun doing it, you know. Eddie, right. Murphy, Eddie Murphy had his cadre of uh, Elijah Muhammad disciples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. How did that go over? <laughs> He's a man, so that went over. That went over. There you go. <laughs> So Stephen, um, if you if you don't mind indulging us, um, it looks like you're in a workroom. Or um, tell us about where you are right now. Is this uh, is this where you prepare for your roles? Do you do any stage acting behind you? Practice your carpentry skills? Yeah, <laughs> and I have a painting studio. So, so what are, what are you working on? Paintings. <laughs> Anything you can share? Can, can we see the corner of something? <laughs> Um, that really says it all doesn't it <laughs> yes that does um and i love it how do i get this print or this original i want it up in my living room no joke <laughs> i'm telling you because i have something very similar <laughs> so <laughs> commissioned this day in may <laughs> Um, God damn, just before we got on, I was watching what's happening in Minneapolis. You've been looking? Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty insane. Pretty crazy. Unbelievable. What do you think about it? Well, that video... That poor guy. Yep. Yeah. I'm 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 curious on what is going to happen in the coming months for this, just because it's been happening so much, especially here in the United States. Yeah. And this just seems different. I don't know the route, if they take the same route, if they're going to do a different route. I don't know. And, but it's, it's horrifying yeah. to watch for sure. Yeah. It seems like everybody's being pushed into doing something about it. You know, yeah. it's like everything is like driving everybody crazy. 
And I think it's like, you know, that and the effect that everybody's been, um, you know, hold up for months yeah. and nobody knows what's happening, you know, yeah. and it just seems one day after another, it's a carnival, a circus of craziness. And, yeah. and in addition to this, it's uh, upsetting. Yeah, that was really like uh, so sickening. Seeing that. Yep. Yeah, going to be hell to pay for that. There is. And I'm, and I'm, you know, with all of that that's going on in the world, I'm just happy that we have films like Dreamland or Beverly Hills Cop 3 or even 300 uh, to, you know, kind of take us away, even if it's momentary uh, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Do you feel yeah. that way? Do you feel that way that art can, you know, I mean, I'm a true believer that music and film and art can save the world. Are, do you believe in anything like that? Yeah, at least give us a break. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours. Um, so, Stephen, um, of, of the amazing films that you've done, uh, what has stuck with you and what, what, do, what do you find yourself going back to? Do you, you, do you remember the time as the owl in Watchmen? Do you, do you think back to your times in, in the Star Trek TV shows? What, what helps you get into your roles and what just kind of, you know, sticks with you like bubblegum, so to speak. Um, oh, you mean like something you can't get off your shoe? Yeah, exactly. In, in a good way, you know, because I mean, you know, no, no, some few artists like to look back because they'll, you know, they think they'll critique it too much, but are the things that you're just so proud of and you're just, you know, blessed to have in your, your resume in life or experiences yeah. with directors? Yeah, I don't like to look back like that too much. Uh, you know, sometimes I see things from way back, um, you know, that I can kind of have a perspective on and not pull them apart and wish I'd done something a little different. Ooh, I knew, you know, I knew how to do that. Why didn't I do, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes on. Um, you know, but if you send way back, I can sort of look at it just as somebody else doing it, you know, mm -hmm. um, which it kind of is at this point, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't tend to watch much of what I've done. Um, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, no. I heard at the Fantasia Film Festival, you saw for the <laughs> first time the, uh, the Rosemary's Baby TV sequel, and yeah. um, you had a pretty good Q&A with the audience afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I'd never seen that before. Yeah, that was a shocker. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, the, everything sensibilities were so different then, and the way things were done, and the assumptions that were made about the audience. Um, boy, yeah, that was uh, quite something. Because I was kind of 
you know, very iffy about doing that. <laughs> yeah, following up that movie, that was a big chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was hmm, interesting. Um, you, you talked earlier about wanting to do things in one take. When do you think that that became your MO? Um, was it in the, your stage stage days, back in the Our Town days, or is this something you learned from an actor well, to try? Well, you kind of learn that you can't, um, you can't do something the same way over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's impossible to do it, uh, you know, with any, conviction or whatever you know keep doing it keep doing it mm -hmm. really hard so you have to find little ways to change it every time you know because a lot of times the directors on the big movies they want it exactly the same because the problem they're trying to fix doesn't have to do with you it has to do with you know something else right mm -hmm. so you stay the same <laughs> And I'll change a little thing over here, you know, a little lighting, <laughs> sound, a little whatever, a little camera, you know. Gotcha. So in order not to feel like a robot, you have to keep, you know, kind of changing it a little and, you know, working on it, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not now, now I want. Now I wish you were in a Stanley Kubrick movie to see those two uh, personalities Boy. of <laughs> Kubrick doing a hundred takes, and you just like just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, damn. What a director. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, with someone like him, you'd have to. You know cool your own <laughs> peculiarities right right um, and so you know we were talking a little bit about country music earlier and you play you played a musician part of a musician uh in the recent dreamland what personally to you is your most thrilling music experience whether it's you you saw a singer songwriter on stage something you played if you performed on stage what was your most thrilling music experience Boy, I think seeing John Prine at Alice Tully Hall. When I was a child, my family would travel down to western Kentucky where my parents were born. And there's a backwards old town. It was his first trip to me, you know, it was just when he broke, you know? Right. Unbelievable. The guy looked like he was 4D. I mean, he, he had the weirdest um, power physically. You know, it was just him and his guitar, right? But it was like, God damn, you could see him intimately from 10,000 yards. Yeah, he had power. Yeah, him. No, that's good. Some some of these uh, country musicians, I tell you, they just 
they, they bring that vigor to stage. You know, I think one of mine would be Willie Nelson, Lawrence, Kansas, or Jerry Jeff Walker yeah. in Dallas, Texas. And they just had this stage presence and uh, yeah. commanded it. And it's, there's something there. Yeah. 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 Amazing. It is good. Yeah. So with Dreamland, you find yourself working again with uh, Bruce McDonald. You also find yourself working again with your wife, Lisa. Yeah. Can you give us a little backstory how you how you met and what's the dynamic when you have two actors in the same family or two yeah, of I mean, anybody in the same family? What did you say? Oh, well, my wife and I are interior designers. So oh, yeah, yeah. We both do the yeah. same thing. So having a spouse do the same thing. What's it like having an actor as a, a spouse? Uh, yeah, we met in uh, Vancouver doing a TV show called Scene of the Crime. And I come on late, and it was an ensemble. Great idea. You know, we do different story every week, and we all take different parts you know, every week. Um, so it was like an acting troupe, you know. And we did it in uh, Vancouver and in Paris, France. So yeah, I met her there and we got along great working and uh, we always have. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I, I try not to think about it too much because it just uh, is, I love being on set with her. Um, I love, you know, everything, uh, all, all the little stuff we know how to, you know, cause we've uh, worked together a lot. And so we know how to cover all the little stuff without talking about it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. No, it's great. Was it was it a love at first sight? Did you ask yeah. her out? Did she ask you out? Did the first date was great? <laughs> oh yeah, first time I laid out, I was knocked out. Yeah, just you know, <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, with somebody as cool and smooth as you are, as well, you have any advice for people, uh, you know, courting someone and the, like a smooth pickup line or anything like that? How about how, how to go about that? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> go with your heart. Yeah. Um, no. No, I, you know. I don't, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> well, in, in Dreamland, you guys both had a little bit of gunplay. Um, what, what, what's the prep? What, I mean, the, the culmination of the film is pretty climactic. Oh, all, yeah, yeah. All, all the action. So how much uh, practice did you have to do and what went into preparing for all of the squibs and shots and, you know, buckets oh, yeah, of blood? Yeah. Yeah, that started about a year before the movie. And Bruce sent me a lineup of potential pistols, right? He wanted me to pick one. So we spent like a month, you know, going through the, you know, <laughs> and I'm going through, you know, what the actual uh, guys who use those uh, utensils say about them. Um, and, uh, you know, the guys with the real experience, they all said, you know, 
Well, I get a great big motherfucking thing. You know, get a 22, right? It's easy to carry. It's not heavy. Um, close in, it's accurate. Has enough punch. Um, yeah, so I talked him into the 22. Um, but yes, yeah, little things like that, you know, because, yeah, you know, in movies you go for, oh, 357, you know, 38, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I did a movie once. <laughs> I had to run. The, the director, The Desert Storm. Ooh. Desert Eagle, yeah. Desert Eagle. Eagle, yeah, Desert Eagle, 50 caliber. Yeah, yeah. He, he wanted that. I got saddled with that fucking thing. <laughs> wow. God damn. It was like carrying around a crazy monkey. <laughs> <laughs> that has to and have some kickback, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't hold every that with time, one hand. Every time you try to move, it bang you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Go the other way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> great choice. So there, there's there's some pretty dark material in the movie Dreamland. How did you inject the humor into it? How did you and Bruce work to make it funny when, you know, maybe other directors wouldn't have? And what of yeah. your own style did you put onto certain scenes? Yeah, well, that's Tony and Bruce. You know, how it's set up, you know. Um, yeah, most things are funny until they're not. <laughs> Good point. I, I love the scene in the, uh, the, the pawn shop where uh, yeah. the wife, <laughs> and then just the, the way that, that, that unfolds, like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that gun takes didn't care fire. a lot of exposition <laughs> with uh, one sentence. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't need any explanation for anyone who's been married. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> so, so, so Stephen, what, what, what do you find? What do you? What makes you laugh? What do you find funny? How do you get your kicks, especially in this quarantine pandemic nonsense? My wife is pretty funny. She always looks at things, you know, she comes out of comedy, you know. Um, yeah, she can always make me laugh. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Politicians are pretty funny. <laughs> yes they are without doubt which, which one's the funniest <laughs> I don't know they're neck and neck <laughs> I like that um, so being this purveyor and this creator in motion pictures and cinema for the last few decades um, are there any certain scenes from films, not necessarily your own, that always stick with you and inspire you that you just love to watch, that you just get a great feeling from, like certain scenes from movies that always stick with you? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I never know if I really like a movie 
until the day or two after, you know, if it plays in my head again, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. sticks with me. You know, movies I can sit and, you know, yeah, I like that, you know, but <laughs> it never comes back to me, doesn't stick, you know. Um, yeah. Do you remember the first movie you saw? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> My my father was uh, working in the gold mines up in Timmins, Ontario, hmm. and he was in a bad accident. All got blown all to hell and blinded, and he was three years in a hospital. And, and he went home and started a family and had a farm in Nova Scotia, in rural Nova Scotia. And we were I grew up in Crossroads, Country Harbor, and. Uh, we had no running water, no electricity. And uh, they used to show movies at the uh, schoolhouse on Friday nights. And he put me on his shoulder and took me there and showed me a movie. I had no idea he was blind. And we sat and watched the movie and he reacted to it. And, bah, you know, oh my God, oh my God. He carried me home on his shoulder. We talked about it all the way home. Yeah, it was a Western with um, with uh, the big guy, John Wayne. Wayne. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. The no buildup of that story was amazing. <laughs> What's that? I, mean, I said the buildup of that story was amazing. I, I uh, That's such a... Thanks for taking on that uh, on the journey. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first movie I saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably quite different than, would... than Brian and I. <laughs> what? I said probably quite different than Brian and I. I think I was in. Uh, I think I saw Peter Pan in some crappy theater. But I uh, wow. You're... <laughs> <laughs> I wish my first movie was a John Wayne movie because I love westerns and John Wayne. So uh, in the man, spaghetti westerns. Boy. I can't get it off of John Ford, you know, the director. Yeah. John, yeah. But when I was a kid, you know, we had a great theater. You know, we moved to a little town and we had a great theater, movie theater there. And uh, they played three movies a week. So for about 10 years, I saw every showing of every movie. Uh, I worked in the theater, you know, I helped with the projection, you know, just so I could see the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you've kind of worked, you know, behind the scenes too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I did lighting for theater and all that. Yeah. That's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Mark, do you have any other last questions before we wrap this up? Yeah, uh, as what I would consider the uh, the Canadian Henry Fonda, what is your next effort? What do, what do you have lined up, Stephen? <laughs> you you and your wonderful monologues and your thousand yard stares. I, I have to know what else you got on their plate. <laughs> yeah, well, 
I was supposed to be doing a little thing in Nightmare Alley, you know, Guillermo del Toro's epic that he's got going. Yep. Right? He, he called me up in probably almost a year ago, right? Wanted me to do this little part. I said, yeah. Supposed to do it in December. They got halfway through the movie, they pulled the, you know, started late, it got pushed, and then with the uh, whatever the fuck we're in the middle of now, it, uh, they pulled the plug, you know, shut everything down in Toronto. The last I heard was an email saying, we're planning on doing it in September. So, yeah. Well, you can't lose with a Del Toro, Guillermo Del Toro movie. So, uh, can you tell us about the role? What, what does he have you pegged to play? You know, something somebody asked me that the other day. I can't even remember the fucking role. It was so long ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not a big part. You know, I, I did the, the strain with him. So, he kind of, you know, he put me in one part and then he shipped me over to another part. And, you know. But... You know, we got a couple of things we're trying to cook up, but right now you can't get money together, you can't hold it together, you know. So, because nobody knows when it's going to get going again and how they're going to do it and what kind of stupid regulations to guarantee everyone's safety. Right. There you go. There you go. Um, well, wonderful, Stephen. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I'm very interested in the artwork, so <laughs> let me know. That is great. <laughs> Name your price. <laughs> well, if you're serious, send me a uh, uh, a little email. Okay. You have mine and i'll send you some pictures all right sounds good i will definitely do that good excellent and thank you so much we definitely had a great time today and thank you for uh taking the time uh to join us here and dreamland it's out now uh check it out on vod right cool yeah yeah well thanks for the invite and uh it was a pleasure <laughs>